everybody, and welcome back to the fifth episode of the pre-production meeting. I am your co-host, Josh Urquhart, and I am here with... Austin. Austin Scott. How are you, mate? It's been another week, another week in the world of feedback, podcasting, films. How are you feeling about the past week? Yeah, look, it's been a really good week. Um, something I'm going to touch on a bit later is the um, the struggles and challenges I faced with this week's progress. But um, nonetheless, it's been a good week. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty busy week with work, actually. Um, I'm just actually coming off a seven-day stretch. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we made it in the end. And um, I'm happy, really happy with the progress I've made. And, um, yeah, I'm keen to chat some shit about films and... Uh, yeah, keen, keen to hear what you've done as well. Mate, yeah. Well, look, there's only so much I can do. Like I said, it's going to be a bit boring until I can actually start writing the film. But I do have some cool talking points to go through today. But before we even get into it, right, we got some uh, some feedback again this week, which has been really amazing. Again, guys, don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify, right? Five stars, four stars, whatever you guys want. But it just... Uh, Even spreads one star if you want. One star if you want. <laughs> it just spreads the word and gets us on the recommended page so we can inspire and motivate more people because we've had people come to us again this week sending a message and um, we got one in particular um, and I said that I would read him out and he doesn't mind if we use his name. Oh, good. So good. I had this and I thought this was one of the nicest messages I mean, I've ever received, to be honest. Um, but it's from Daniel Kugola. All right, man, we went to uni with very, very good guy. And this is his message that he sent to us. I've never had the um, pleasure of meeting him, but I'm glad you've reached out to Josh and I'm glad that this podcast can do what it did for you. Exactly. We worked on Lockie's film together and he came to my premiere as well. Uh, okay. So this is the message that he sent to us. Hey man, I've been listening to your podcast. I'm loving it. I'm in a similar situation to you guys where I've been working full time for the past year and it's been pretty miserable. To be honest, so I'm leaving my job at the end of the month to pursue film. Let me know if you boys need any hands on your upcoming films. Would love to help out. Mate. For that, bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. That is something. He's leaving his job. I mean, that's massive. Leaving his job. But you know what? That's that's um quite the Quite the commitment, and I think it's the right one, especially in this industry, man. There's you've got to make some sacrifices, oh, massively. And luckily, we haven't had to make some as of yet. But that I think, in you know, people find their own ways out of their kind of ditch of motivation and yep. slump and stuff like that. And sometimes you've got to make those big decisions, man. One hundred percent. And that, and just say, just hearing again that you know people have resonated with the position that we were in, kind of makes this all worth it. I mean, oh, you know, you wake up with another pep in your step each time the podcast day comes around yeah game day absolutely. baby yeah. <laughs> um but thanks dan for sending that in, uh sending that in bro like we really appreciate the feedback and we're, we're glad to know that we've connected with people on those levels as well oh 100 because like i said coming out of film school it's a niche kind of situation you know unless you've gone to it and experienced what we've experienced and stuff you know, people go through motivation slumps all the time, but I feel like the motivation slump when you come out of film school is totally different to the normal motivation slump that you'll go through, right? Absolutely, yep. yep. There's, there's, it's a whole different, you know, industry situation. You've got the pressures of diff- of a different industry overall compared to other industries. Everything's different, but um, I think that's what this podcast is so good with. Absolutely. Helping people like that that have been through that with us and also... Um, kind of giving an insight to other people that are not in the industry. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Um, hearing that message and like when I saw that message initially, I just, it was good that the intent of the podcast is actually being mm. 
recognised and it's you know it's it's reaching the right people and that's the main thing. And even um, I want to shout out Federico as well, who um, you know he might be coming on, might not be. We we'll give a little tease trying to later. sort it trying out. Trying to sort it He's out. He's a busy man. We have to check <laughs> with his manager. And his exactly right. But um, hearing him talk on Monday when him and I caught up, um, he he's had the a fire reignited with yeah. the creative side that he's put aside since film school like you and I both have and um, you know it's so easy for like we said in the first episode when life gets in the way you just mm. fall into a routine and then you just um, before you know it you're like oh, man what am I doing kind of thing and exactly. then yeah I it takes it takes a bit of going through that mundane cycle to realize it and once you do and you realize you want change and the most important thing I can say is just bet on yourself and just take the leap like Man, it's like that's massive. Exactly. That is massive. Mm. You know, I've actually even been thinking that like when it comes time to take those massive steps, like I don't know whether that means go overseas and film something or other. It's like I just I think time to time about the sacrifices you have to make. Like I, I'm in a pretty stable job at the yeah. moment, right? And it's like I'm happy where I am and I love it. I love the people that I work with and everything. But there's gonna come a time where I feel like there's going to have to be massive decisions made if you want to progress in this industry, which is sad to think about, but it's what needs to be done. Absolutely. Um, So I'm trying to hold on as much as I can (laughs) at the moment with the job that I'm at, which actually leads me just to segue into a quick kind of topic before we get into things. Go for it. It's like balancing, like, like what Dan was doing and what we're doing now, just working commitments, like work in general and film, taking that first leap, that kind of sacrifice and stuff. How have you found it out of films or kind of dealing with juggling work and then passion? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question, actually. It's, um, it's I know you touched on it in the first one where you were talking to your manager and stuff like that. Yeah, it was kind of, um, how do I put it, really? It's like, like you said, you're in a comfortable position with work and it's a stable job and everything. I'm in a similar situation, but um, with that comes, um, like I'm sure you get days off during the week like we both do now and all that kind of stuff but like it's trying to fill those hours of the day with product productivity Mm. and when you don't feel like you have done anything productive in a day it can really weigh down on you it can really sort of affect you and it did for the both of us and Mm. um i think juggling work and your um passions and your goals and everything like that it is a difficult task to the point where it becomes a bit too much. Like I'll set an example now. Like when I was going through my slump, I signed up to a gym and I thought that the gym would um, <coughs> reignite the fire in me and all that kind of stuff. And it did for a couple of weeks. But then like once now I've put um, this uh, film in the on the podium, like it's my priority. Yeah. Like, I, I've not, like I haven't gone to the gym in ages and stuff like that because it's a, it's a difficult thing to balance. Work I balance because I have to and work gives me that stable income and gives me that uh, job security mm. to you know, fund hopefully these films down the track and all that kind of stuff. And then there's ha- going to have to be a point where I'm like, look, this is my dream. This has always been my passion. This yep. is, like like you said, it's something that you're going to, like it's a sad thing, but it's something that you got to do later on down the track. And then with that comes, like I'm a pretty big sports guy as well. And then like I've had to miss uh, multiple. Do you play Oztag? I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had to miss multiple nights of Oztag because I'm working yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then I actually missed the, state cup this year because of my work commitment and all that because i wanted to actually prioritize um film stuff this year and then i i did that mm. but then once state cup kind of passed and i had nothing to show for it, i was kind yeah. of like oh, something needs to change here and then yeah. um 
yeah, it's a difficult thing, but once you you get on top of it and you get your priorities straight, it's um, That's what I was it's a yeah. rewarding thing. It's all about prioritizing, really. One hundred percent. Do you think it's important to have a backup plan, especially when you're starting to get into this industry, or do you go one hundred percent all in and take that risk? I I, I think you. It's, it's a, a hard of, it's one. A, it's a, it is a hard one. Um, like, because some some would say you're not going to get it unless you're 100 percent dedicated to your craft with no other. Absolutely, kind of, there's I'd, no backup. Yeah, like, I'd say like go 100 percent in, which is what Dan's doing, and I I fully applaud that. Mm. And um, you know, it is good to have a backup plan, but at the same time, if you just bet on yourself, you'll surprise yourself. Yeah. and that's a topic we're going to touch on later. Um, yep. it's like. One thing, we're five episodes into this podcast and it stems from an idea and I am shocked and surprised to see the feedback and the progression within myself, the film, Josh, yep. within himself, his film and the people that have reached out to us to send us kind messages. Like, it, it all stemmed from an idea and yep. you bet on yourself and you will be surprised with the results that come. I think that's that's my massive thing. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. With <coughs> my situation, right, I'm lucky because I'm – the deal going into my job, I'm lucky my work has been so supportive mm. and I've had the right people um, supporting me, the right boss as well supporting me where the deal going into it is I stay freelance, but I'm at a big company, so freelance is – especially in the um, world I'm in – um, there's only a couple freelancers, especially in each department. So I'm lucky that I've stayed like this for three years where the whole deal was work three, four days a week whilst on those days that I have off work on my own stuff. Yeah. Like I said, that's why you feel guilty because you're supposed to be the deal with me going into the work that I'm doing now is on those days off to do stuff. So when I wasn't, that's kind of when I fell into that slump because it's like, that's the whole reason exactly I literally right. spent years not really doing anything on those days off except just relaxing and which don't get me wrong there's time to relax and stuff like that yeah. but now i feel like i'm making the most of my days but i think it's all about a healthy balance especially this is how i look at it going into the industry film in particular right i think it's good to have a stable income right whilst you're trying to make your way up the ranks but i feel like there comes a time there is a point where in every filmmaker's journey where you're gonna have to make that decision to go 100 percent in mm. or not Exactly right. It's the same with anything. Mm. Same with anything. And some people reach that point earlier than others. Yeah. Um, There's no right or wrong way to do it, essentially. Mm. It's just, like I said, you'll surprise yourself. Yeah. It comes with patience. Yeah, exactly. Good things happen to those who wait. There you go, my friend. Master Uguay right there. <laughs> All right, cool. So that kind of was just like the introduction. Um, now we're going to rap. What's it called? That's a, That's a wrap, baby. The next segment of the <laughs> podcast where we basically talk about something that we've watched during the week real quickly to get the juices flowing before we go into our progress. I'll start us off because I know um, you have some stuff to talk about. So I have actually, well, I watched Bullet Train last night and we'll go into it next week. Because I got Bullet Train for seven o'clock tonight. Yep. Couldn't get you got married. Night. Did you just say you got Bookets ticked? Did I? Yeah. Oh, have fun with that one, people. I don't think I did, but I've got tickets booked. Now that I say it, I think I heard it yeah. differently. Shit. You got tickets booked for tonight. No, no, no. Fuck it. I got bookets ticked. And um, the thing was, I was meant to go watch it tonight, but my team, the Roosters, were playing last night, so I couldn't. Mm. You couldn't sub them. So, yeah. you know, you've got to support your team. There so, you go. Well, mate, I. Tonight, baby. I'll only. Okay, this is how. I, I left this to the podcast to tell you, but I rate it so high that it's come in at 
on my top 50 list. I have a list, by the way, in my notes, my whole top, I think it's 52 ranked movies of all time in order, right? And this is slotted in at number 10. Ooh, that, if anyone knows Josh, that is fucking huge. <laughs> I was expecting 52. Mate. Jesus. This movie, I haven't had this much fun in ages in a cinema. Oh. And I watched this, bro, I watched this late. I, watch, I usually don't watch movies after 9.30. Oh, I, you well, know what? what? I'll save it for next week because <laughs> yeah. we will go into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazing. Definitely something I can talk about. I got recommended a TV show. Have you heard of the TV show Made? M A I D. Uh Beth has watched that. Yeah. So I watched. I got recommended it because I'm like, Love Island's over, mate. I'm like, the depression of post Love Island is hit, yeah. and I'm like, well, what am I gonna watch now? <laughs> right? And I'm like. Season four of Love Island, season three of Love Island, or another TV show. Yep. So I got recommended to watch Made, whilst I also recommended, it was kind of this deal um, with somebody who I won't mention, um, but I recommended for them to watch Only Murderers in the Building, which okay, yeah, yeah. is absolutely incredible. I recommend watching that right now. And they told me to watch Made, and okay. I watched the first episode of Made. I think I've watched half of the second episode, and it's decent. It's a strong okay. story. It's very in. It's starting to get a bit intense. And the last intense TV show that I tried to watch was Euphoria, and I got through oh. season one and I think a couple episodes of season two. I was just about to say, have you not watched season? No, two? No, no, no. I got through a couple episodes oh. of season two, and I'm like, this. I've never been. Uh, I've never had a TV show where I have to stop watching, but that just got. It just hit too close. Damn. Too too close. Too too uh, close to home, and it was just. Wowza, no thanks, <laughs> I am turning this off. Don't get me wrong, fucking incredible show. Oh yeah, yeah massive. The acting deserves all the Emmys and stuff that Zendaya's got, like incredible. Absolutely. Incredible show, yeah. but- um, I'm a big fan of Euphoria. And yeah, it, it takes a lot for me to not watch something. Yeah. Even movies, I don't think I've ever not watched it because it's too intense, but I don't know, maybe I'm just a pussy, but that, <laughs> it's fucking intense, man. I stopped watching it, but yeah, that's basically what I've watched this week. Made, oh, I started watching the new Kung Fu Panda series. Oh, it's I, so bad, I, man. I haven't bought myself it's to watch that. I don't so think I could bad. do that. I don't you love it. Didn't you just watch all the Kung Fu Panda movies recently? I watched Kung Fu Panda. You haven't watched two and three? I haven't watched two and three. What? Just because I'm like, how can you, like, I don't, it was so good. The first one was so good. How, yeah, <laughs> skadoosh, all the fun stuff. How can you? Like, I don't know if, it, you, you know, the track records with sequels and shit. Like, it's good, man. The three Kung Fu Panda movies are great. Uh, that's going to be. Don't watch the TV series. I it's won't so watch, bad. Because I don't think I can do that. You got fucking Rita Ora. Um, you know who Rita Ora is? Yeah, yeah. The singer. She's voicing. It's just like, you know, when act, uh, sorry, singers try to try their way in um, acting. And sometimes it works out like Lady Gaga, and sometimes. It works out like Ariana Grande yeah. and Don't Look Up. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you can go both those two ways. It's kind of like where Rita Ora is just robotic. Yep. Don't watch okay. it. Fair Anyways, enough. that's my wrap-up. <laughs> Your go. <laughs> okay, so my wrap-up, I've been on in a, um, well, not really this week as such, an animation binge, but I've watched a lot of animation films recently in recent weeks. But the most recent one that I have watched, I think it just falls on the... Uh, on the week that we set to talk about our rap, mm. um, the bad guys. Have you heard of? Oh yes, the Aussie kind of animated film. No, oh, is it? Wait, the bad guys. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it the, is. The pretty bad sure, guys. Pretty sure it was made in here. The bad guys. I get it. I got it. I got it. Oh, why are they giving God, me toys? The Wi-Fi man. Toys. This one. Yeah. 
It's um Australian, I'm pretty sure. It is? I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, it stars Sam Rockwell, Aquafina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zazi Beats. Yep, yep. And Craig Robinson. Mm. And um, because um, I really want some animation in my film at the moment, yep. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do some extensive research, some watching, just to see like what I can pick up from animation yep. films and stuff like yep. that. Yep. Superb animation and storytelling in the bad guys. Man, it is... It was funny. Mm-hmm. The animation style was awesome, and um, not action set pieces of such, but like elaborate sort of heist sequences. You love your animation, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and the thing the thing I love the most, and it's going to be really hard to describe, is like when because um, one show that we broadcast at work is called Teen Titans Go. Have you yep. heard of that? Mm-hmm. And it's that just the kids' version of Teen Titans, and they do such like quick sort of like reactions to things because like someone will tell a joke and then they'll be like, I don't know, just a simple thing, like a quick slap to the face, but then they just snap back to reality kind of thing. The bad guys is full of it. Right. Like, like, and most notably the piranha character Mm. in the bad guys, he's the one that he does most of his quick snaps and then snap back to reality kind of thing. The big shark as well. The main wolf is also fun as well. And Zazi Beats, Sam Rockwell and Zazi Beats, they've got good chemistry, even though it's an animated film. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I was going to. I wanted to watch it in cinemas, but missed yeah. it. But um, yeah, I was really glad that I caught it. And <coughs> it's a really high recommend. And it's actually fallen in my top 10 of this year. What? Yeah. And that's another thing I'm making a top 10 of this year. Yeah, I'm making it, making it as I go. <laughs> but then at the end of the year, I'm going to do it. An ultimate wrap-up of my top ten. 100%, mate. Um, but, yeah, uh, another thing I've finished watching, which I'm going to touch on in a bit, was The Umbrella Academy, yep. all three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I did, a, did, a, uh, did two rewatches this week as well. I did Knives Out and The Grey Man. Yep. So that's my wrap-up. There you go. Essentially. And um, with that... I wanted to segue into things that films have made us feel and I hope that people as well have felt these kinds of emotions from films as well. And the two films that I wanted to... Sorry, three films that I want to talk about are The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Yep, Knives Out, and The Grey Man. And the reason why... Or recently, right? Yeah, so the reason why I want to talk about these films is because The Mitchells vs. The Machine is another animated film and currently it sits as as my top-rated film of all time. What? Yeah. Actually. Above Cherry? Yes. <laughs> it actually sits as my favourite film of all time because, and hear me out, it really spoke to me, right? So in the period of time when we left film school, I was full of hope. I was full of, uh, you know, drive to get some things made and come up with ideas and all that kind of stuff and not realising that I had to just dial it back a bit and go with what I had, which was mm. the film that I'm making now. And the thing about it is the main protagonist, she wants to go to film school. Right. And she um, she doesn't necessarily fit in, essentially. And, like, um, essentially the story is she wants to go to film school. Her parents don't buy her a plane ticket to fly to the college that she wants to go to, so they do a cross-country trip. But on that cross-country trip, the robot apocalypse happens. And that's their major obstacle throughout the thing. But then through that, it's a beautiful sort of um, thematic message of like your family comes first, your... That reminds me of something. Is that... Have you seen Little Miss Sunshine? Yes. yes Where they ba- they're basically making a road trip so they can yeah. get to the pad. Is it the same kind of like... Yeah, kind of, kind yeah, okay, of. So, um, and then throughout the thing, like she's like, oh my God, dad, don't embarrass me, all that kind of stuff. She's got a brother that's obsessed with dinosaurs mm. and 
there's a really funny scene where he's just going through yellow pages, ringing people and going, hi, do you want to talk about dinosaurs with me? They hang up on him. He just crosses them off. Next number. Hi, do you want to talk about dinosaurs with me? And the thing is, is that she's so passionate about films, and you know I'm an avid dog lover as well, Yep. that she stars her dog, who is a pug, in all her films, and it's a cross-eyed dog. So one eye goes that way, one eye goes that way. Cute, and it's an man. ongoing joke that the mum will dangle a treat in front of the dog's eyes, and it's like, you can do this. And he's like, one eye pokes in, and then the other's like going like, trying to get the, <laughs> the eye back on the treat. It pays dividends later in the film. So but what does this make you feel? At the end of the film is um, the credit that – so you know how you get your directed by, written and directed by and all that kind of stuff? It just says, a movie made by a bunch of weirdos. Mm. That's the credit at the end. I started crying because it just <laughs> spoke to me that a lot of people can collaborate on a project together and to put out this and just – like I said, with the bad guys as well. It's an animation. It's a really, really great style of animation. Yep. Um, not elaborate action set pieces by any means, but the production value on this animation is beyond anything I've seen. And a lot of people collaborating on that to make something that they then classify themselves as a bunch of weirdos. It just spoke to me. I was like, I, I love that this industry can provide that. I love that a lot of people can come together and really just have fun. Yeah. Because it's not work. Mm. It's not. <laughs> if you're really passionate about it, it's not work. And it just, it really made me feel like, all right, this solidifies for me why I want to do this because it's thing. And then, you know, further on down the track, when we come up with this podcast and, everything, and Josh suggested animation, I just, it Perfect. clicked. I was like, because I want that feeling again. And I'm hoping that, you know, I can do that in a sense. I can make people feel that and all that kind of stuff. And, um, Another thing was with Knives Out. Knives Out uh, was a rewatch. So with that, there's, I'm not going to spoil it, but there was a scene where a character makes a revelation and... Just spoil it. I'm sure if you haven't seen it by now, then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> well, essentially, um, Anna Diarmas' character, mm. um, she thinks that she killed the um, grandfather, mm -hmm. right? Later on, it's described that she is so good at her job of being a carer that she got the correct dosages right, which she thought because yeah, right. um, the labels were switched, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Chris Evans' character switched the labels and all that kind of stuff. And then, so she just knew because she's been doing it so long that um, uh, she did it right. And then because they saw the labels switch and everything, she started freaking out, thought that she fucked up and everything like that. And then she got really scared. And then we just she just assumed that she fucked up and killed this dude. But then it's later on revealed that because she's so good at her job, she just knew the difference between the two dosages and she got it right and all that kind of stuff because she's really good at the job, which made me think that, um, especially within my job, um, when I prep stuff and all that kind of stuff, I always go home and think to myself, fuck, I fucked up here, I fucked up there and all that kind of stuff. And then 10 out of 10 times, it's fine. Like, it's always sweet. But it's just, I feel like it's human nature for us to automatically assume that we aren't good enough in a sense. Like, we don't feel like you know, we're capable of doing things that we see our idols and mm -hmm. celebrities and famous sports stars doing. And then, you know, I just, it really took me back. I was like, okay, I didn't realise that with the first viewing of this film. And then once I realised that, I was like, what? Like, why don't I just bet on myself? Like, I know that I did it right, but then um, I always think like, what, fuck, what if I fucked up here and what if I fucked up there? And I, mm. I can guarantee you everybody has felt that. And it's just something that I wanted to say, like, oh, bet on yourself. Just back Going yourself. back with what we were talking about yeah. with Dan, like, yeah, just on himself. Bet on yourself, back yourself. You, you know what to. you did is right. And mm. the, the doubt just creeps in your mind. It just takes over. It's yeah. a, you know, it's a lot easier said than done. 
I don't understand that fully, but yeah, it's something that I've really taken on recently and I'm just like, yeah, like why can't that be the first human instinct of like, no, I did that. Like I, I was all right with that. Like I didn't fuck it up here. I didn't fuck it up there. And um, and then to my final point with the Grey Man, um, I did a rewatch of that as well. In cinemas? Uh, no. Oh, right. Yeah, it's on there. <laughs> um, although I would want mm. to probably go watch it a third time in cinemas. Um, but the film made me feel... Just like I said last week when we spoke about it, like I was just in such a good mood after just because of my love for elaborate action set pieces, the characters bouncing off one another with their one-liners and all that kind of stuff. It just made me feel like this is why I want to make these kind of films. I want to be a filmmaker for these reasons that I can just escape into this. Mm. And it actually made me go and buy the book. I'm going to... I'm going to start at the Grey Man and I'm going to read all 11 of his books because the latest one just released this year and just so I can immerse myself in this world and really learn about the characters and the world that is the Grey Man. I think that's perfect, especially for the kind of movies that you want to make, getting an idea on the source material and you know what they base their movies off I think is a great great idea for when you absolutely. go to writing your scripts and, absolutely you know especially with action books because another thing we didn't learn in film school is how to write action yeah, and fighting and yeah, stuff like absolutely. that so the really the only source material you have is the books exactly right so and i think it's perfect for that's you. a massive thing as well that i've i realized yesterday when i bought the book is like i'm gonna see how it's written mm. like because one thing that you can with screenwriting and everything like you know how to write action like when I say action like the characters movements in the script and all that kind of stuff and dialogue and that's mm-hmm. basically what makes up a screenplay but like I never really saw action fight scenes and all that kind of stuff written on paper so it'll be interesting to see how it's written in book form exactly. and then you can kind of take from that and go and run with that and um yeah that's that's basically that's like perfect I yeah, love them man just yeah things that like and just to wrap it all up in a nice little bow and put a wrap on this, <laughs> put a wrap on this rant, is just the power of storytelling and cinema, and things that make you feel. And I think you touched on it in the first episode, the Guardians of the Galaxy made mm. you like feel something and stuff like, like just the fact that you can sit there watching a film and then it just makes you feel stuff is one of the most powerful things ever, and just something I, I like I'm in love with, like something that I want to do down the track and do in filmmaking and everything like that. So I think, yeah, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. There you go. <laughs> All right. So Austin, that was, um, that was a nice little thing, a nice little segment that you gave us there. You've been quite in the feels lately by the sounds of it with movies. Yeah, absolutely. You, you want to feel connected, especially uh, yeah. when you're in the process of making one yourself. So, well, um, Emmanuel put it in a good way and shout out to Emmanuel, but, um, Emmanuel put it in a good way. Like when you're watching something, it's almost like, a window. It's yep. not a screen. It's a window into another world. Yeah. And you're just you. You want to be engulfed and engaged with the characters and what you're seeing. And just, but I've been watching some good stuff lately, yeah, and mate. it's really, really, that's amazing. Really got me in the feels. But um, it's I'd, good. I'd t- what I'll do is I reckon I will do the same thing that you did, but I'll do it next week yeah. because we have some shit to get through. But what I just want to touch on, I find it funny how not funny, but like it's why I like. Sometimes it depends what movie it is, like seeing it by myself or seeing it with friends or whatever like that. It's funny how, because you were saying on the second rewatch or whether you found different meanings to Knives Out, which I would never have guessed. I feel like it's it's so funny going to the movies, like having learned what we've learned or whatever, and just seeing how different we take the meanings of certain things compared to like our friends or whatever that we go with. Absolutely, <laughs> um, yeah. And especially like, 
I think, you know what? It's funny because I now go to the movies with my friends. And last night, shout out Ryan Bolgoff, um, I saw Bullet Train with him, and it makes me it makes me smile because at the end he was like, "Wow, that is great riding," and he would <laughs> never have he would never have said that before yeah. in his life if he like wasn't with me. And then another one with my other mate Ryan, like I go to the cinemas with him, and he's like, "Wow, that's a great." What's it called? Dolly shot or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm like, mate, say, I love it. It's yeah, like, it's good. You kind of give them like a kind of uh, lesson, but at the same time, I love sharing the knowledge of how we look at things differently. You know, we view it from a different lens to they do. I think Absolutely. it's just intriguing. And I think as well, and like you said with your mates, um, how um, they go like, well, that's a good dolly shot and that kind yeah. of stuff. Beth has picked up on continuity. Like she- Really? Like she'll pick up on the minute details that's of continuity. Funny, and I'm like- I'm glad you do because like I do as well. Mm. <laughs> like it's good. It's good. Perfect. I love it. It's good. I love that. All right. So this next part of this podcast will be the progress. Yes. Now I think I'll go with mine as well first because I know you have a lot to go through. Um, I had a but good week. again, what I did this week is I did chapter breakdowns. I'm now about, it's funny because I'm breaking down these chapters and some chapters are like <laughs> 10, 15 pages long. And then some are like, I get to a chapter and I'm like, two, uh, five pages. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is going to take so quick to break <laughs> down and I can get more done or whatever. I only did four this week. I'm not too happy about it. I feel like I can do more during the weekend. I'm like now halfway through the book, which is cool because like I said, some chapters are shorter than others and surprising me how quick I get through all of them. Yep. And I'm slowly making my way through it. And there were a couple of things that I picked up on this week that I want to share with you, right? So... Again, like I was talking about last week, it's like a whole history lesson. Like, yeah. I've never been a history buff. But, like, it's so interesting, the time period, learning about the time period and stuff like that. Yeah. And I doubt you knew, or maybe you did, because you're that old, you would know what was happening <laughs> in the up. 1890s in Egypt <laughs> and London. But I wanted to give a quick history lesson. I'm 25 right? years old, just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> 25 plus 50. Um, so, <laughs> what what was actually happening back then? And because, I'll tell you my process of how I feel this, yeah, right. So it's like in the chapters, they don't they don't specify what's happening in that time period. They just, because it was written then, they just expect that everybody knows because it's yeah. happening in their time period. But it's like they're saying like at certain balls when they're in Cairo and Egypt and stuff like that, like, you know, they hold, they held massive Bridgerton balls yeah, yeah. in all countries back then, especially in Egypt. And they're like, yeah, they're in Egypt. They're holding balls there and... <laughs> <laughs> My mind didn't even go there. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> they're in Egypt. They're holding balls there. Um, and there's like soldiers at each door and stuff like that. Like English soldiers. I'm like, wow. Okay. There's some story here because mm. they've just, they've just chucked that in. And for us to figure out, especially when I'm trying to adapt it, I'm like, I've got to learn the background of this story. So yeah, basically yeah. just not to bore people. So, in, in the 1890s, there was, um, there was a certain war going on. I forgot what it was called. Let me quickly search it up. Um, it was called the Anglo-Egyptian War. And what happened, it basically started because there was some leader in Egypt or something and he borrowed money from England and France. Or, I don't know. I may be getting this entirely wrong and I'm sorry if you're offended because you had family members living in the 1890s. Doubt it. But um, if you did, then apparently there was some guy and he owed massive debt to England and France and, you know, some shit going on with politics. And eventually, to make sure that they paid back the debt, England and French, the England and French invaded Egypt and stayed there until their debt was paid back. Hence, why there are soldiers everywhere because they overtook the country, whatever. Damn. And... It actually turned, um, there was a point where it was a part of the 
Oh, not the fucking Commonwealth. What's it called? They were part of something. Oh, God, this is going to fucking annoy me now. Um, they became part of the whatever the England was. See, this is how much I know about <laughs> history. They became part of... Egypt became part of whatever England was a part of back then. I'm not even going to fucking bother <laughs> trying to remember. But um, I just thought that was fucking interesting. Another thing is what I've realised is in the book, they're talking about this place, right? I'm not going to say it because, you know, then people can search it up and try and find it. But they mention this country and this place that certain characters are from and they keep mentioning it over and over again. I tried to do some research and the author's just made it blatantly up. <laughs> and I'm like, how am I going to go about this in the, in the book if, sorry, in the script, if, I, if this place is just made up? Like they're talking about Cairo, they're talking about London, they're talking about all these real places and all of a sudden they whack out this random fucking country that doesn't <laughs> exist. And I'm like, how am I going to, this is what I wanted your advice with, right? When it comes to writing it, do I stick with this made up country or do I make it more relatable and make that country that is made up and just make it some other country that we know of. Well, you could sort of touch on the made-up one, but sort of relate it to a real town, kind of. Yeah, that's of what thing. I was saying. Do I just change it? Or just, like, base it on another kind of... Maybe, but yeah, base it on another place, mm. but oh really embrace the made-up thing. The aircon just turned off now. Bastards. Guys, we are so sorry <laughs> if you heard that. Sorry, Dylan, you're going to have to edit that out, but the aircon just turned off and now it sounds fine. There you go. Awesome. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, I reckon you should touch on like what the author intended with the made up place, but mm. sort of... Um, we don't visit it. It's just a certain bunch of people are from this country that doesn't exist. Oh, done. Well, then you can run with that. Like, it's yours to do whatever you want, okay. with, really. So, right, cool. Yeah. So, you reckon base it on... Base another, it, yeah, right, base I'll it on another that. thing and yeah, run with it that way. What is that noise? Oh, it's you, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, right, cool. That's awesome. I will 100% take that into consideration. There's also a bunch of politics and shit, which I hate politics, man. I don't <laughs> don't pay attention to any of the politics happening in the world. Sue me, I don't give a shit. Um, especially in this book where they're talking about politics and certain things. I'm like, bro, I don't give a shit. Cut it out. I'm yeah. like, I don't want anything to do with politics in my <laughs> film. I'm so sick of hearing it yeah. about it. Sorry, mum told me I swear too much on the podcast, but sorry, mum. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm sick of hearing about these stupid politics because I hear about it at work every day. Like, I'm sick of hearing this person names this person, this person's on a holiday when he should be here. I don't give a rat's ass, mate. <laughs> so no politics in my fucking book whatsoever. Don't talk to me. I hate when people talk to me about politics. I don't give a <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand these different <laughs> parties. and <laughs> Again, sue me. I don't give a <laughs> I hate politics, especially when the whole thing about Donald Trump and what's his name the dude that's the American guy Joe Biden and people will have to you know the voting has to come from these fucking parties and to win the I don't care <laughs> sorry I just that kind of just came out of nowhere but I hate politics I think we found a trigger yeah <laughs> we've fuck, got a trigger politics man anyways so that's my wrap up basically of my progress of the week um oh I brought some show and tell oh interesting so this is my my next ne next step after basically I um after I <laughs> after I finished doing the chapter breakdowns I'm going through this baby and this is London 1870 to 1914 a book right which basically it's in this remarkable portrayal Damn. of London over period da 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 Andrew Saint displays his unrivaled knowledge and acute understanding of architectural and social history of the city which I think will be amazing when I'm crafting the world around me oh, to go through this book and they have a chapter all in the 1890s and highlight shit that I need which I've already done basically so what I've actually done way more than these chapter breakdowns I've made 
bunch of mood boards and shit on Pinterest um, of architecture, costume design, everything like that. I've oh, that's like, the stuff I've seen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so well, on top of that, I'm going to go through this and highlight and then I have all the information I need to make that world around me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But that's deep diving. You know that's it, awesome. baby. <laughs> I right. love that. But yeah, that's basically what I've done and I'm halfway through the book. So I'll finish that book and then, man, I'm so keen to write because oh, I want to talk about Bullet Train so bad because there was just the writing, man. It's like Grey Man, if it was writ better, uh, written better as well as just 50,000 times better. The fact that I loved Grey Man and you're giving Bullet Train the same, no, if it was Grey Man written better. You, this, this is... Oh, it's just Fuck way, I wish I watched it last the time. way that <laughs> Bullet Train is written and just the quippy back and forth, the chemistry between people. This book has some of that. I was reading it this week and they have that kind of snarky back and forth quick, like bam, 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 between Brad Pitt and Aaron Taylor Johnson, oh. especially just their chemistry and the way they just, oh, <laughs> that's exactly what I was reading in the book. I'm like, fuck yes. Can't wait to write this shit. Wow. Anyways, tell us your progress. <laughs> Now, I want to start off my progress by, do you have access to the Google Drive? So yes, I do. Go check the staying checklist, please. Ooh, yeah, baby. All right, keep us entertained while I do this. Um, I had a very productive week. I most of, like I will fully admit that most of my work was done last night because I faced a couple of challenges throughout the week. And by challenges, I just mean motivation within myself. It mm. was, uh, um, like I said at the start of this episode, I just came off a seven-day stretch of morning shifts at my job and, like, got home. I was a bit tired, you know, I kind of wasted the day away just relaxing and all that kind of stuff where I should have been working on this. But um, I did little bits and bits and bobs here and there and stuff like that and a really, really key takeaway was my uh, Monday catch-up with Fetty. Mm. Um, he kind of, um, when I told him where I was at and what I was doing – and things I was struggling with, he mm-hmm. said, just sort of really look at it, think about it, and just just run with it kind of thing. Like he made me add some layers to this screenplay, uh-huh. which well, I say he made me, like he made me realise that there was... He put you in a cage, yeah, tortured you until you did it. Exactly right. Yeah. And there was a... Typical 30. <clears throat> there, was, <laughs> there, was a, there was a task that I had to do here, the scene breakdown and scene analysis, right? Oh, you did them? Do you see it? I'm getting onto it now, but I see you've ticked them off. So the scene breakdown and scene analysis was the one that I wanted to get done before this week. And I can hand on heart say that I'm proud that I've done it. It is completed. Uh-huh. Well, it's going to need some touch-ups here and there and all that kind of stuff. But there was, oh, a, there, was, there was a template that I was following. and I don't know how to delete the rest of the template. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Bro, I tried to delete it. It deleted the whole thing. So lucky Command Z was a thing that brought everything back. But the thing with the scene breakdown is that there was things that I wanted to achieve in there and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't realize that my character, like my main protagonist. He did uh, both. Yeah. He didn't have um, like an emotional background Mm. essentially. Like I said with my segment just before, I've really been in the feels lately with um, some (laughs) films and TV shows that I've been watching. And I really wanted this character to be a representation of things I've gone through in life and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they will be touched on in this film. So I really, and when Fetty helped me realize that, that like, you know, the character is you, Austin, like sort of dive into it a bit deeper. Mm. And so I kind of just went, all right, like what's some things that I've gone through and all that kind of stuff. And I've last night, it like 
that was the missing piece. I felt like something had been missing with this screenplay because I couldn't do the scene analysis and breakdown. I was like, there's something blocking me. I don't know what it is. And there was mm. something missing. And then once I realized that, right. I just ran with it and I got so much done. Looks like it. And <laughs> so the treatment as well. Yeah. I, I literally, I even, I redid some things last night as well. Like just touched on things and made think like I touched some things up and it really like, I honestly felt so accomplished in my week of work mm. that I'm now like I've got less things to do. You're yeah, it's almost it's almost time for me to start doing that's shit. A, that's for a, your yeah. stuff. You, once the Bible's done, do everything before the Bible. Once you finish the Bible, then it's my time to shine. Yeah, exactly right. So, nice. and I'm not just doing it because like oh yeah, I want to just palm off this work to Josh. No, but the all. thing is, is like once I finish this part, I can do all this for my next screenplay. And that excites me. So that's why I'm really striving to get this done so then I can just work on the next it's thing. It's only five scenes. Yeah, I dialed it back and realised there's only five scenes as well. But did you touch up the script by any chance? I haven't touched feedback? up the script yet. I'm going to do that as yeah. well. And so with um, the feedback from you and uh, the things that I've realised as well, it may be a little longer than what it is at the moment. It's fine, bro. So, but the thing is, it's still going to be short. It's not going to be long by any means but it might just be like maybe five or ten minutes longer that's totally fine (laughs) briefly do you want to give an like uh, a description of what the difference between scene breakdown and analysis is well here's my theory please correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. so scene breakdown is essentially just describing the scene and like you're not really outlining what's like the key beats and the key points of what's happening like for example if there's a key like key prop in the scene that's going to, you know, help the p- people get from A to B, yep. it's not in the breakdown. It's just yep. like you're like, oh, these characters are here and they need to get to here. Um, they face this and all that kind of stuff. So you're just briefly describing the scenes that you've got throughout your entire film and you do that for however many scenes there is. Mine was five for two's a lesson, which was a very useful template, sir. Thank you so much. No there was like 20 scenes yeah, in, your, in two's a lesson. So, there, yeah, so Josh had to do way more than I did. But – um. Yeah, it was really useful in um, yeah just describing the scene and seeing it on paper because yeah when you when you just go oh, I'm just going to write a screenplay but you don't do this stuff you kind of hit a block which is exactly what I did mm. um, and then your scene analysis you describe the scene as well as describe the emotional context mm-hmm. behind it mm-hmm. and what the purpose of what the character is doing in that scene mm. which I feel like I can touch up a little more mm-hmm. but. Is that correct? Like, have, is that, no, no, that's correct. The subtext story. Yeah, I'll the, read through this when I get home. Yeah. Actually, no, I'll read through it when everything's done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's exactly it. The scene breakdown is just chapter by chapter and the scene analysis is exactly what it is. It's an analysis of the subtext. And, yeah. You know, people's meanings behind their decisions and shit like that. If you end up having time, have a look at the Judith Weston breakdown because I prefer that over the one um, that, that you, it's still same efficiency. Um, but I feel like the Judith Weston one goes way deeper into yeah, right, okay. um, certain things and will just help you when directing. Yeah, Because cool. I've referred back to that Judith Weston so many times. Judith Weston is a, I can't remember who she is, but there's a template named after her and it's just uh, motives and everything behind the character and it helps you when you're directing. I referred back to that so many times in, uh, what's it called? Uh Ah, nah, rehearsals. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> rehearsals. Like, just because you're literally writing down how you're going to direct. Yeah. And it's just so helpful. This is cool. Subtext and story is very, it's helpful. 
Judith Weston uh, breakdown is so you will find I referred back to that so much even on set. Yeah, still good. I think this will help you when you do the Judith Weston. That's what I'm saying. Okay, done. Um, but yeah, bro, you fucking smash it this week. So yeah, I really like. I put it down to um your templates that you've given me to go off with the um uh, production and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my catch up with Fetty was a massive help. It really just made me sort of just snap back into it. Mm-hmm. And like once I got going, I just realized like, all right, if I tackle these things in my next project, mm. then I shouldn't hit a block. But obviously I'm going to. It's 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 human nature. You're going to hit obstacles and blocks and all that kind of stuff. But that, yep. that's the massive thing I struggle with. I just felt like something was missing. And then once I realized what it was and the proof – proof's there like i just ran with it and did so much and i was even surprising myself i was like okay yeah these characters have depth that i didn't even realize and then i when i was doing the dive into the characters i was like yeah this is yep this will resonate this will do that blah, blah, blah. and then i started going with it and all that kind of stuff and then things started it was literally just like like a, I, if you guys have seen the hangover when alan's sitting at the casino table and all those equations start <laughs> like going off in his head but that's what that's that's what was happening with me and things were just clicking i think i stayed up till like 1 30 last night yeah. Doing all this just because I was I, I didn't even realize that time yeah, was flying by. Pretty late. That's yeah, right. I didn't even realize time was flying by. Mm. I was just doing the work, and then That's I got amazing, it hooked, man. and then I was like, I should go to bed because yeah. we have a podcast. In the morning. I couldn't go to bed because <laughs> I drank an energy drink to stay up and watch the bullet train. Oh Jesus so Christ! I was just <laughs> like this at two o'clock in the morning, going, I have to get up for the podcast in like six hours. And one thing that I will tease now is that um, Fetty actually set me a challenge to just shoot a scene, right? Ooh. With my little Captain America yeah, vinyls. Do it, do it. So I might have a little scene that is going to be like a previs for next, for next week. week. Oh, man, I hope we get Fetty on next week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to say that now and everyone here can hold me accountable to that, yourself Done. included. Um, and, yeah, I've got some time to do that as mm-hmm. well. Um, and, yeah, hopefully just give you guys a little idea of what things are going to look like and all that kind of amazing. stuff. So. Bro, it sounds amazing. I reckon try get – you can get all of this done in the next couple of weeks, I reckon. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, that's it for the progress. Let's talk real quickly. What are we on? 49. Yeah. Let's talk for 12 minutes or 10 minutes. And we wanted to go to the last topic, the last segment, which we're yet to name. So what should we call this segment? Untight. Nah, fuck me. I don't even know. Let's just go with what is written down. It's controversial movie opinions. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look, this last this last topic will change each week. Sorry, this last segment's title will change each week. Um, but yes, we're going to talk about controversial movie opinions for 10 minutes. And this is going to be uh, sorted into two kind of ways. One is just, I tend to just have complete opposite views on films <laughs> to everybody, right? Massive. And number two, me and Austin rarely agree on movie <laughs> opinions and stuff like that. So when we do, it's like, mate, the blue moon has come out. Um, but I want to talk about, first of all, just there was a topic which I was thinking, and I've thought of this for ages, and I want to ask you this. Like, I don't understand why, and uh, I don't know if it's just drilled into this from, like, from the very start of film school, but I hate old movies. And I hate the fact that as filmmakers, we're supposed to like them and suppose I get it. Cool. They're the start of like certain technology and certain ways that films have been made and shit like that. But I don't like them. <laughs> They're all shit. They're re- there's really a f- old movie where I come across and I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> I mean, I, I watched, you know what? There's one singing in the rain. That was, that was pretty good. I saw like, I just love musicals, but that was one of the only films 
I've liked, but I hate how, and I don't know if you feel this, and I'm going to ask you, do you feel like there's a pressure to like old movies because we're filmmakers? Uh, not so much a pressure, but it's like, well, for example, I haven't seen Singing in the Rain, right? Mm. If I said that to a cinephile, what? You haven't seen Singing in the Rain? And then you're like, oh, okay. Uh, like, all right, I'll, I might catch it in due, due time. Um, I haven't seen Jaws either. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I haven't seen Jaws. I haven't seen Psycho. Mm. Um, I hate Jaws. Clockwork Orange, 2001 A Space Odyssey. and other, All revolutionary films, right? Do you and remember my um, uh, presentation I on do. Jaws? I do. F- I hate had, Jaws. He had to pretend that he liked it. and <laughs> um, right. yeah. He had to pretend that he liked it, but <laughs> behind the scenes, he's like, tell us, boys. F- I hate it. And then when the time came to present and I was just presenting and all the boys were just cracking up because they knew how much I hated it. In well, the- I actually want to challenge you for next week as well. I know no, we're going to talk bullet train. No, 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 no. I want to challenge you because, you know, with my presentation, you had to do Jaws. I did training day. And you know how passionate I am about training mm. day. It's 2005. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. I'm I want, fucking like- Yeah, I want you to – because it's – at the time, we were asked to talk about the oldest film we had seen, yep. and that was the oldest film I'd seen. Mm. I've gone back and watched other classics and stuff like that, but yep. I want you to watch Training Day mm-hmm. and just see if you like that movie. Mm. Okay. So uh, Yes, I'll try watch that for my wrap yes, for next week. Done. Uh, yeah, so I hate Jaws and other films that I absolutely despise, and I just, man, Tarantino. Oh. And Wes Anderson. That's I'm so stretch. But I, I literally cannot stand any of his films except Inglorious Bastards. Django's all right. Glorious Bastards is amazing. Everything else I hate. Well, that's the oh, thing. man, Pulp Fiction. What a waste <laughs> of a two and a half hours or whatever it was. Look, this is where I'm going to disagree with you because of course I, <laughs> I loved Pulp Fiction. No. I loved Reservoir Dogs. Django for me is okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. His best film is Inglorious Bastards. His best film is Inglorious Bastards. I really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You despise that. But (laughs) (laughs) one film film of his that I didn't expect to like because I turned it on with a mate and we both went, this sucks. It's taking too long to get to where it needs to be. The Hateful Eight. Right. Have you watched The Hateful Eight? Nope. The Hateful Eight, I remember I started watching and we hated it. It was boring and we didn't like it. But then I went, you know what? I'm going to give it another crack. F***ing loved oh, it. Loved it so much. Hate him so much. And it just, for me, Tarantino's had a better strike rate, uh, sorry, a better success rate than failure to me. So I hold no. Tarantino quite high. I hate Tarantino. And another recent hate of mine is Wes Anderson. Oh, like, see, I can't really talk on it because I've only seen one of his films. Yeah, well, I just... You know, we'll talk next week about films that we hate and we've walked out on. Wes Anderson, I'm sorry. He's just batshit boring. I'm like, cool, bro. He can fucking frame up a shot that looks fancy and is parallel and... No, it's fucking shit. I'm sorry. It's the most boring fucking story. I'm sorry. These old filmmakers, man, get a grip. Like, I could... Good on you for starting the industry, but we're here to take over. Holy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, but they're just not good. I fucking snooze. I hate Pulp Fiction. I hate Tarantino. I hate, what's it called? Fight Club? Is that what it's called? Yes. I fucking hate that movie, man. That is one of the worst movies I've I ever seen in my life. You love it? I love Fight no, Club. No, I don't. I just don't see the point of it. It's just a <sighs> stupid movie. Like that was, the whole film's about not falling asleep or some shit. What's it about? Some dude that's like trying. What is, the whole fact is that he's fallen asleep and he can't remember things, right? Oh, bro, honestly, are you talking know. about Fight Club or Memento? Let me get my my review up. All right, I'm gonna letterbox about Fight Club.
But in saying that, you're a massive fan of Nolan, right? Um, uh, yeah. Except uh, the the recent one, which was f- trash. Tenant. That's all right. Um, okay. So, but have you watched his early work, Memento? Uh, no. Anyways, we'll get to. So this is this is Fight Club, my review for Fight Club. I knew the big twist before going in and was wondering if me knowing it would affect my watching, but then I looked and they spoiled it, it spoiled the twist in every log line on the internet. So obviously it was common knowledge for most people going into it. So I don't know, just didn't connect with I appreciate the filmmaking, but just didn't do it for me. I know this is not gonna sit well with a lot of people, but I really don't know what the hype was about for this film. I was bored most of the film, almost fell asleep, ironic. And there was a point where I looked at my phone and went, Fuck, this really still has an hour left. Most of these movies, man, I hate The Matrix as well. What a stupid, nah, like, no, 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 that no, is no, a no, stupid no, no, no. movie. Man. Why would you make a film solely based for a sequel? Like, mate, write a complete story. Don't. I'm not going to watch your second film if you don't hook me with the first one. So when your whole first film is about getting people to watch the second film, sorry, that's not how it works. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate The Matrix. I hate Tarantino. I hate Wes Anderson. The French dispatch, more like the French batch. Oh. Like that's <laughs> bail. I'm sorry. I I just I can't get with these old filmmakers. And I know this is gonna be controversial as hell. Sue me, I love Star Wars. <laughs> but <laughs> look, the, the, you know what? <laughs> I gotta be careful. Look, I grew up with the films, right? I look back on them. They're all right. Alright? I love Star Wars. One of my like hold it very close to my heart. In terms of like <laughs> Film story. The sequels are better, bro. I'm sorry. It is like what it the is. the most recent ones? Yes, the most recent ones. Also, The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film out of all of them. Can agree with you on that. Yes. People hate it. I don't give a Luke Skywalker, mate. Happens with age. You get grumpy, depressed, whatever. His old race is dead. Who? Like, what do you expect him to do? Be happy? <laughs> like, I'm sorry about that as well. What's another thing that I... Hate. All right, let's talk about one of the ones that, which I'll talk about more next week. But you like the new Space Jam. Yeah, because I realise no. what it's trying to no. do. No. It is purely just entertainment. No. It doesn't need to be deep. It doesn't need to have all the- Entertainment? Dad dab? Is that right. entertainment for you? What's do you the, understand? Dude, you what, is the guy, what is the villain's name? What? What is the villain in the movie's name? Wait, it's some stupid name. I'm pretty sure it's the old, old G rhythm or something. Mate, Space Jam villain. <laughs> Wait till you hear this. The algorithm, isn't the algorithm or some shit? Yeah, it's like a play on the word algorithm. It's like- Al G rhythm. Al G rhythm. Yes, get that's it. Get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. <laughs> that movie was the worst movie I've ever seen. And we'll get into that next week. But yeah. I do not know how you like it. The thing it. is, I'm a massive basketball fan. As I said Basketball. Shut up for a second. <laughs> no. The thing is, I'm a massive basketball fan, so I hold Space Jam, the one with Michael Jordan, on a podium. Yeah, cool. And then this so is do the I. legacy. This is the legacy of that. Legacy. A new legacy. That's what it's called, man. Legacy. They destroyed the fucking legacy. The thing is, but they had they they didn't have to just they didn't destroy the legacy yes, at all. They had to make it modern. Modern? Yeah. Modern. Yes, modern. Dad dad. <laughs> I'm sorry, like what? I loved the new Space Jam just because I switched my brain off and didn't think I needed to look in it. If LeBron deep. James ever steps on fucking set again, I'm shooting myself. I'm <laughs> sorry. That he, get him out. Stay on the fucking basketball court. Stay in your lane, bro. There are levels to this. Alrighty, I'm going to cut us off here. No, 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 no. There are <laughs> levels to this. Another thing. Marvel's, Marvel's Phase 4 sucks ass. I'm sorry. Except Moon Knight. Everything else, trash. 
Especially Doctor Strange. Mark, don't get me started on that. All right, that's where I have to disagree entirely. Nah. Because the only thing, the good things that have come out of this phase four, mm-hmm. Loki, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi. Spider-Man was good. Rest, Very good. Rest. Shit, no shit story, but great movie. But look at it this way. Mm. They're building a bigger fan base, right? By targeting minorities. So oh, when yeah. The bigger, like, the bigger when things I say come shit, out, I mean- just not good. Yeah, okay. But like when they're when the bigger things come out, these new fan bases mm. shut up and take my money. Kind of thing. Oh, man. Sam Raimi, another one that I can't stand. Oh, like, but cool. I did not like Doctor Strange based on Like, yeah, you make it you made a good Spider Man film back in the day. It doesn't mean you can do it again. Like enough <laughs> of your stupid fucking camera movements. Like we get it. All right. <laughs> fucking hell. That's as bad as the drone shots in the gray man. Don't even get me started Look, on that. Look, these are mate. all things that we should touch on when we have more time to do this. We just had a lot to run through today. Mm. So I feel like we might need we're just about to go over an hour. And so. I hate Cherry. Oh, Russo okay. brothers suck after um <laughs> after Avengers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what's, what's something else we don't agree on? Most things, but like- Well, the Russo brothers for one. Yeah, I you, feel like yeah. everything has been- Do you know You know what? One of the films that they produced, because I did a bunch of research on their mm. um, production company, AGBO, and one of their first projects is a film that I don't think anyone's heard of, Assassination Nation. Mm. They didn't direct it. They produced it. Sam Levinson oh, directed good it. Good director. Right. Assassination Nation is- the Grouse. Mm. It, and so that's another one that I want you to watch. Mm. I'm going to do a rewatch. But the Russo brothers have really, like, what, what I was looking at what they've done and what they've got coming, man, I'm excited. I hold them pretty high as well. They are fucking, yeah, they the don't miss. I'm excited for is Extraction too. With the Russo brothers, everything else, they can fucking go back to community or whatever they were doing. Community they, was they, great they, as they, well. Look, I don't doubt that. I saw some stuff that looks great, better than <laughs> Grey Man. Um, <laughs> before I leave, um, Blade Runner, no. Anyways, that's all I have to say. I've only seen 2049. I haven't seen the original. Yeah, Blade cool. <laughs> Don't. Um, all right, we'll wrap that there. Um, no, you do the plugs. Yeah. All right, cool. Plugs, baby. The pre-pod pod. No, the pre- Fuck me. The pre-prod pod. There you go. You can catch pre- us on Instagram, yep. TikTok, yep. and YouTube. We're YouTube. also on Apple Podcasts and yeah, Spotify. Baby. You know it. Please do leave us a review. Yes. Doesn't matter if it's zero star, half a star, one star- all the way to five. Let yeah. us know if you agree with my controversial opinions. Um, you probably won't, but I would love to be on the same page as certain people because certain people I can't get on the same page with. So um, I love that. <laughs> A couple shout outs, right? I uh, want to shout out uh, Matt Regan, right? He let us borrow his camera. For a couple of weeks, if Thank you, you. realise we only have a two camera setup until we figure out how to get another one. He also came up with the name, the uh, the pre-production meeting. Oh, really? Yep. And he also came Thanks, up with bro. the idea to, to uh, what's it called? Uh, make the segments and what we're going to try this week is probably have the, their own little like music sting at the start of each. Yeah, kind of separate that's probably them. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So shout out Matt Regan. Um, that's basically all I have to shout out this week. Well, I just want to shout out the people that have- yes. um, Followed the pod, mm. uh, the the fellas from work who mm. have given me feedback at work as well. Shout out the fellas from work. Um, and just everybody that's watching and listening in general. Like um, the reason why we're doing this is to reach people and show that we're just two average Joes going about our days and we want we want to make some films. And um, exactly. we come on here and rant 
And um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I was we, very calm this whole podcast. We, we come on here and rant, but also we want to show you the progression in our in our films uh-huh. and yeah, take you along the journey with us and hopefully inspire a couple of people as well. There so um, yeah, shout out to everybody that's involved with this entire journey. You mean the world to us. Thank yes. you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully we have a guest. No promises. We do have some things lined up, but we'll get to that on a later date. Sweet. Alrighty. We're out of here. Catches.